Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. You're jumping in on the final installment of a series that we've been doing over the past few weeks called Shelter in Grace. And today, my good friend Andy is sharing with us a message called Let Your Heart Be a River. And the idea behind this really is just that we would be people who are constantly living our lives from the source of life, God, and living a life that is in full worship to Him. So I'm praying that this episode is encouraging to you. Please stay tuned till the end of Andy's message for a little bit of a Q&A, but sit back, relax, and I pray that you're blessed today as you hear this message. Are you busy right now? It sounds strange to be busy during a quarantine, but you might be. Things are opening back up, new projects are starting, maybe you are tackling all the things you've put off for months. But even if your life isn't busy, is your heart busy? I'm sure your heart is in some way busy, distracted, or fatigued. Do your desires bounce around and land briefly on one object and then another? like a bee going from flower to flower? Do you have a lot to think about? Do you have a lot to pray for? Do you have many different hopes and desires? Does the focus and drive of your life seem different day to day or week to week? Do you want your career to look a certain way? Do you want your relationships to grow? Do you want to serve the church in a new and exciting way? Or maybe you want a simpler life. You've gotten a taste of having time and space to think and pray and meditate, and you are ready to strip your life down to the bare essentials and live a simple life for the Lord. But how do you decide what to cut out? What good things do you give up? When you make space in your life, more things just seem to press in on you, demanding your time, your money, and your attention. And then you start worrying about your simple life. Your heart is just as busy as before, worrying about what not to do. Friends, if you feel like this, trust me, I can relate. I'm a consummate jack of all trades, and I always have been. I do a lot of stuff, spread myself thin, and then wear myself out. But I always dream of the simple life. I want to wake up and work on one pursuit with laser-like focus, pouring all my energy into one craft like a woodworker or a Japanese ramen master. I dream of this life, but that is not my reality. I will always have multiple projects or pursuits competing for my attention. I can be careful and intentional about what new commitments I take on, but I will always struggle for balance and will always be juggling to some degree. But back in April, when we were still just settling into our quarantine routines, the new normal, if you will, the Lord pressed on me an extremely helpful insight that helps me make sense of my jack-of-all-trades existence. I read this in Charles Spurgeon's daily devotional book, Morning and Evening, and it says, It is a blessed thing for a man when he has brought his desires into one focus, so that they all center in one object. When he has 50 different desires, his heart resembles a mire of stagnant water spread out into a marsh, breeding miasma and pestilence. But when all his desires are brought into one channel, his heart becomes like a river of pure water, running swiftly to fertilize the fields. 
Happy is he who hath one desire, if that one desire be set on Christ. End quote. This image hit home for me in a big way. When your desires are spread all over the place, your heart really does become a stagnant pool or a muddy marshland. The pools dry up in the sun or get stinky and muddy. The stagnant waters can be secret sins that we nurture. Eventually, they get so stinky we have to give them up. But the stagnant waters can also be good things, like a ministry commitment, a friendship you want to nurture, or your desire to be in God's word every day. But even these good things can dry up or get stinky if they are not fed by a strong desire for Christ. If we go after anything with our own strength or to seek our own desire, we spread our heart thin. We turn our life into a shallow marsh. Don't you want your heart to be a river of pure water? Rivers have a quiet strength and power to them. They are peaceful but mighty. They always accomplish their purpose. They are always moving, but they are never rushed. We need our hearts to be like rivers. We need new strength every day. We need steady, unhurried power to finish the race. We need to be peaceful and calm, yet swift and mighty. And to do this, we must focus our desires on Christ. That gets the river flowing. Then we trust the river to flow down and fertilize our fields. And this is what makes image so helpful for me, the jack of all trades. I can have multiple fields as long as I have one pure river that waters all of them. Setting your desires on Christ, making him your priority, your focus, your heart center, changes everything. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe your life looks great from the outside. You do all the right things and you do them well. But do you live your life on your own strength? Do you struggle to keep up? Do you reach the end of the day or the end of the week feeling tired and spread thin? Do you have painful moments of doubt and insecurity? Maybe you need to get the river flowing. You don't need to change anything on the outside, but on the inside, your heart is stagnant. Or maybe your life needs big changes. Your work, your relationships, your church life, your spiritual life, all of it feels like it is drying up or getting stinky. It's time to move or change churches or jobs or end a relationship that weighs you down and is going nowhere. But before you make these big, important changes, make sure you get the river flowing. Otherwise, you're just building new ponds and marshes in your life. It might look better at first, but if you don't have the pure river flowing in your heart, your life will become just as dry and stinky as before. We need to seek Christ, let the river flow, and then see what happens. It sounds simple, but to really do this, we have to radically fight against our need for control. We have to stop working on our own life and trust Christ to change us. And this is not just a nice spiritual concept that makes us feel good or provides some fleeting encouragement. This is reality. Listen to John 15, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It is only a matter of time before the things you try to do without him will wither up and die. Your own strength, wisdom, and ability to lead a good life are an illusion and a lie. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says. The vine provides nourishment to the branches, just like the river waters the fields. We are connected to Christ and completely reliant on him. We either flourish and grow from him, or we die. And there is even more to this image of the vine and the branches. 
John 15 verse 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. God prunes us so that we bear more fruit. I've planted a few gardens over the years, and I'd call gardening another one of my many half-learned skills. And tomatoes are always the centerpiece of my gardens. There's nothing like eating a ripe, bright red tomato straight from the vine in the middle of summer. And tomatoes are easy to grow. If you have good sun and decent soil, your tomato plants will take off. But I quickly learned that tomato plants are great at growing vines, but getting them to make good tomatoes can be tricky. If left alone, tomato plants will explode into a tangle of vines that get so tall and heavy that the plant falls over and eventually starts to rot. These plants can be big and impressive, but they don't yield good fruit and they don't last the whole growing season. Tomatoes need to be pruned from the start. The plant wants to divide and spread, but the gardener must cut off the new shoots and focus the plant's energy into one or two fruit-bearing vines. It feels wrong to cut off so much of these young plants before they even blossom or show fruit, but the aggressive pruning is the key to getting good tomatoes. As Christians, we need God to prune us. Without his guidance, we are prone to spread and divide and grow into a tangle of vines that might be busy and impressive, but yields very little fruit. We need to be open to change and to loss. We need to let go of good things to let God work better things in our lives. Were you pruned during quarantine? Did you have to give things up? Did your busy life grind to a halt? Was it a shock at first? Did it hurt? Did your plans change? Do you even have plans anymore? God is pruning you. Don't fight it. Bring everything to him. Ask him if he still wants this vine or that vine in your life. Let him prune you even when it is painful. Embrace it. Lean into it and trust him. Walk in his strength. Abide in the vine. Let the river flow. I don't know exactly what that looks like for you, but I do know what it feels like. I used to love sitting in my garden first thing in the morning. You can really feel the aliveness of a garden in the morning. The greens are a brighter green. Everything is fresh and strong. And if you take the time to look, you can see the new growth. You'll notice new shoots popping up, blossoms forming and opening. You'll see steady growth. And sometimes you'll see big breakthroughs, like a huge yellow zucchini blossom that explodes overnight and totally changes the landscape. Every morning I felt this pull into the garden. I wanted to feel it changing and growing. Trust me, it's exciting to see plants grow. And I think that's what our lives should feel like. We should feel this newness every morning. We should be excited to observe and give ourselves to noticing what God is doing in our lives. We should be content to watch and to wait and to trust him. But if you want newness, if you want excitement, and if you want growth, you must seek it in Christ. Set your desires on him and then let your garden grow. There's one thing you said here. You said, we have to stop working on our own life and trust Christ to change us. 
And I feel like that really stood out to me because I'm always trying to work on my own mm. life, trying to yep. listen to the best podcasts oh, yeah. and yep. <laughs> read the best books and talk with guys like you about like how we can like structure our lives better. Yep. Um, I feel like it can get so easy to see it caught up in the, like, what can I do to make my life better kind of mentality. Yep. But I love how you're talking here about how Jesus really brings the transformation we're all really craving. I was curious for you in your life, have there been moments that you can recall where you're trying to really put in the effort mm. to make a change? Oh, yeah. And then whatever that was, how did you see Jesus really bring the transformation you're hoping for? Like, how did that work in those moments for you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I could talk all about doing this the <laughs> wrong way <laughs> for a lot of years. Uh, Cause I'm like you, like I, I want to like make my life better. I want to do this, do that, make myself checklists, uh, analyze everything. The checklists. Are um, so good. I love checklists. Um, you know, but I think we can't do that with our spiritual life. So mm. I think one, one instance, it's like, I think I started serving in a children's ministry um, and because I wanted to balance my life in some way. And I, you know, I put that on and, um, you know, for the wrong reasons. I wanted to do it like it was there's some people pleasing involved Mm, in that. I wanted to, you know, have it on my spiritual resume. Oh, dude, totally. But uh, (laughs) the Lord just really showed me that's the wrong way to do it. and, you know, I think it's not to say like, don't, you know, get yourself out there and try something, even if you're, I think that could be a great way to get out of a spiritual rut is totally. start serving in a ministry. Yeah. But if you're doing it to check a box, I think you're going to find out that, you know, the joy is going to evaporate pretty mm. quickly and then it's mm. going to be hard. And then you might be worse off than before because you'll be really discouraged. Dude, totally. Yeah. yeah. That's a good word, man. You're also talking about how God needs to prune us so we can Ooh. bear more fruit. Yeah. I think that that picture you have of the tomato plant, which I've never, I'm, I don't know how to garden, like mm-hmm. that whole idea of planting and pruning and helping something take shape was kind of new to me. But I feel like that's so true for our Christian lives. What, what for you has been like an area maybe that you've noticed <laughs> that your life's gone like a little hairy maybe or like a little mm-hmm. off? And God's like, hey, let's, let's turn that back a little bit. We Ooh. want to see health in this area. Yeah. Can you think of anything like that for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, the big one is just my career and, yeah. and the yeah. job of being a chef. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to be so all in with mm. being a chef. It takes so yeah. much drive and so much desire and so much passion. And I just got to the point where I realized this is at war with, uh, my spiritual life hmm. and my passion has to be for Christ. And so it's, boy, that's really pruned down the desire of, you know, being a chef and, um, you know, I still love food, but I just mm-hmm. don't have the same drive. Yeah. And I think before also I was really attached to that, that identity. Oh, and for it, sure. Right. Well, it's like being a chef, like, so wrapped up in that and I still find myself kind of yeah. like settling back into that, but I, it's really been pruned. And, um, for me, it doesn't necessarily feel like a prune. I think sometimes it can feel like just having the volume turned down yeah, on different things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, do you feel like for you, the shift has been like mentally and spiritually and 
schedule-y or has mm. it been mostly schedule and then like your mind and your heart follows that or vice versa or mm. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking like I know maybe for some of, some of us listening right now maybe we aren't working like a chef's hours or something yeah. you know I, I've watched chef's table before I don't know how real any of that stuff yeah. is but I've heard people like losing families and stuff over oh yeah putting their lives into the mm-hmm. restaurant and everything if you're not like super committed to like a job or like an endeavor like school maybe or mm-hmm. a relationship do you feel like you can still have that that kind of hang up to living a simple life just mentally oh yeah 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 absolutely um yeah i was thinking about that driving in that living here in america and probably living anywhere that has mm-hmm. wi-fi <laughs> yeah. you know there's just so much that presses in on us yeah and there's so many things that we feel like we need to do that we feel like we need to be mm. um family can also do that to you as well you can feel like oh your family pressures are so important and so real and so uh necessary yeah so that can do it um so mm. many things can take your focus off of christ and i think can even be more dangerous when you don't have something like big like that mm. like like yeah. the big, big problem, you'd be like, okay, like I really need to work on my work-life balance. It's one thing to work on. I think it's scarier when you might have 15 different things hmm. and your attention is just so scattered. It's like, where do you even start with kind of totally. like pruning all those little things? But hmm. you have to prune it. You have to make the time and the space. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that um, thinking about the world and how much our attention is pulled, we really have to do the heart work mm. first because if you, it, it'll be like whack-a-mole. Like you're, <laughs> you might whack out one little problem, like, yeah. okay, like I got my, you know, screen addiction under control, right. but something else pops up or something else mm. pops up, something else pops up. Um, so you have to, I think that's why it's, you have to start with the heart. Yeah. You know? Amen. That soul transformation. Yeah. For sure. I liked your thought too about how um, we need to be open to change and to loss. Yeah. Because I think you're right. I think that um, like sometimes our lives may not be like super busy. People might not look at us and be like, whoa, your life's like out of whack. Mm -hmm. But your mindset might be. And to think that maybe there's some mindsets that we need to shed Mm -hmm. that God needs to change. Um, it can be scary because maybe we're not anticipating that. We're like, things yeah. are fine right yeah. now. But I think that maybe we do need to be open to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to some kind of change. Um, and I like what you said. You said we need to let go of good things even to let God work better things in our lives. It's like even the the mindsets and mentalities we have might even be good to some degree. Mm-hmm. It might be like wanting to do ministry, yeah. for instance. And you maybe don't have the opportunities, but your mind is just like, I won't be my fullest self until I get this. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, that's an incorrect perspective. That's like a burden now rather than yeah. like a freedom to live your life. Yeah. So I'm, I guess I'm just kind of curious from you, like what, what are some things that you've had to maybe shed or let God take away? And uh, how has that been like a good thing? <laughs> sure. Because it sounds kind of uh, like a scary thing. Yeah. It may, may it has been scary, but yeah. it has been scary, has been good. What's your, been your experience with that? Yeah, I mean, just looking back at quarantine is mm. like the easiest example mm. I can think of. Like, think of how many good things we've had to give up. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, whether it's, you know, a fun weekend with your family and, you know, having a barbecue, yeah. uh, you know, swimming in the pool with, with the niece and nephew, like, oh yeah. man, I miss that. Mm. Uh, you know, and there's, but I think there's been a blessing in having times like bored alone mm. at the house and like really yeah. thinking about life. Mm. And so, boy, that's a good thing to give up. Yeah. But I think even rarer now is like just precious time alone. How, how often can we stop and think and, and meditate like that is so hard to get. And yeah. I think increasingly harder as your life goes on and, mm. and as you know, time goes on. Wow. It's almost like, uh, maybe letting God remove a good thing from your life or something good just being taken away from you can actually almost provide you with a new gift that maybe you didn't even know you wanted. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> be able to spend time in quiet, mm-hmm. think a little bit more, maybe read a little bit more. I know that free time could be used for things that are not so good, but with the proper mindset and with faith in Jesus and kind of active faith to follow him, it's like, man, it could actually be like a really beautiful thing, which mm-hmm. is super cool to know. Yeah. Do you have any, um, just like closing thought, maybe like a, a closing word for somebody who's listening who maybe their mind is just scattered right now. Ooh, yeah. We're kind of, we're in this season of quarantine. We're, we're past the 4th of July. School's coming up here in a little bit. We've been in this thing for over a hundred days. It's like, just the weirdest time that we've ever experienced, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Maybe our minds are flipping out. Maybe things are just dead quiet in our lives right now. It could be like all these extremes, you know? Do you have an encouragement for somebody just going through this right now? Like, what can they do to really focus on Jesus and make sure that the the main thing is really the main thing for them? Yeah. Uh, Man, I'll take you back to our f- the first time we recorded a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think we were talking a little bit. I was kind of getting this message ready. And you you mentioned that you had a uh, professor, I think, at, in Bible college that said, love God hmm. and do what you love. Yeah. And boy, that, I mean, that could you could just say that and that would be this hmm. the message that I just gave. <laughs> like, uh and, but it has to be in that order. That's so, right, man. That's so, so true. Love God. You know, so just fill up on God's love for you mm. and nurture your love for God. And then just let, let, let the rest flow, you know, so, and then do what you love. You know, he, he'll shape your heart. He'll guide you. Uh, you just have to trust in him. But don't do that without God's love and without loving God. Thanks for being here today. Come back next Tuesday for a new episode here of the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. Check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the young adult ministry throughout the week during Shelter in Place. We hope to see you soon.